Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Inspired by two experiences of grief, girlhood, and growing up, Jesse Barr's directorial debut, Sophie Jones, provides a stirring portrait of a 16-year-old, stunned by the untimely death of her mother and struggling with the myriad challenges of teendom. Sophie, played with striking immediacy by the director's cousin, that would be Jessica Barr, tries everything she can to feel something again while holding herself together in this sensitive, acutely realized, and utterly relatable coming-of-age story. The film again is called Sophie Jones, and we're joined today by the director, co-writer, and producer, Jesse Barr. The other co-writer is Jessica Barr, who plays Sophie Jones. The film is called Sophie Jones, and we'd like to welcome to the program, Jesse Barr. Jesse, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. So I know that this film, the, the idea of the film came from a very personal place. What was it that determined your, um, your decision to move forward with it as, as a narrative film? It was a, a lot of synchronicity of events, and it was not at all a logical or strategic decision. It was a completely emotional, irrational decision. I just had to make this film. Just to give it a little context, it started really in a way when I was 16, I lost my father. I really spent most of my life sort of running from that truth, and I really was never kind of able to confront it or sort of dance with that, that grief. In, in any way, I kind of lived in den denial for a really long time. I'd lived around as long without him as I had with him. And it was exactly at that time, and I believe in the synchronicity and the timing, especially in regards to this film, that I started to sort of open up and started to, to think about examining and looking at what that was that I'd been running from. And I started writing, not this script, but I started writing some, some pieces and some scripts. And it was at that exact time that my younger cousin, Jessica Barr, we have the same name. We're both named after my great-grandmother. Our fathers were brothers. And she had also lost a parent at 16. She'd lost her mother at 16. So I lost my father at 16. She lost her mother at 16. We had the same name. Like, the, you know, the mirroring, the synchronicity, and the reflexivity was crazy. And she sent me a, a very early draft of a raw script. It was a different title. There were flashbacks. But the character of Sophie and a lot of these, you know, characters of the the teenage experience were there. And, and I was so moved, I think, by her sending it to me. And I was at this moment in my life where I think I just had to explore this. And I also felt an intense responsibility to be who I needed when I was younger for her as a person, for this character of Sophie. And we really just sort of started diving in. I was giving her notes. And I remember thinking, you know, before directing this, I needed to make sure I could create a safe space for her because she's playing a character, but she's playing a version of herself. And also that I could lead in a way that was really, um, yes, yeah, safe emotionally for, for everyone and to be able to sort of handle all of that. But I just felt completely compelled. You know, it's, it sort of doesn't defies logic. And I just started immediately just diving in. It felt like sort of unleashing this thing that had been living inside for a really long time. And we started working together, rewriting the script, creating it, 
I started getting producers involved, fundraising. It just all sort of spiraled from there. That is, a, that's just such a fascinating dynamic because you're working with someone from that you've known basically your entire life who is going through a very similar experience and now is playing the lead character as well. So in some sense, I guess you can make the facile sort of connection. It's sort of a therapeutic endeavor. However, this is art and you're trying to make broader points. And, and one of the things that I truly appreciate about the film, it doesn't wallow in anything. I, and I really felt like the characters in here, no one is overdrawn. No one is sort of uh, uh, over the top in terms, not only of the, the writing and the dialogue and their interaction, but also the performances. So I, I imagine that this was in some ways, I'm, all the actors knew what your, the story was, the backstory behind all of this. This must have been a, a kind of a communal experience as much as filming, filmmaking is anyway. But how did this feel in terms of just for you as the, the community of people that you gathered around you when you were in making this film? Yeah, thank you so much for that comment and that question. Um, I mean, to speak to the first thing you said, it was so important that this be, of course, it's such a personal film, but it was so important that it also be, yeah, universal and that this isn't a documentary and it's not a recreation. It's something, you know, it's something else. And this is a narrative and this is a piece of art and hopefully a piece of cinema that can stand on its own, whether or not, you know, any of this backstory, but that also, I think the personal place became for me something to really it became the power of the film. It was the truthfulness. It was the authenticity. It was trying to make this as organic as possible. And also knowing I, I was building this film around my cousin and, and her performance and what was necessary was making her as comfortable as possible. So casting people she knew, people she already had relationships with so I could build off of that organic uh, camaraderie or connection. We filmed in her childhood home. Part of that is, you know, it's like by design and by necessity, making her as comfortable, as relaxed as possible. But we didn't actually shoot it in her bedroom as Sophie. We shot it in her sister's bedroom, you know. So there's like layers of reality, right, that are like uh, sort of woven together. And then also, you know, she's wearing my bras in the film and also some of my producer's clothes and like some of her clothes. And I was putting up photos in the bedroom of her at 5 a.m. Like it, it's like weaving your, your soul throughout. And in terms of the people in the community, it was, yeah, get, trying to get as many people involved as possible. I think everyone was drawn to the story for their own reasons, but the, the creative collaborators that came on board, I really, I just was so passionate about giving this life, giving this breath. And for also a lot of young women that want to make films, um, people that aren't waiting for permission. And there's also, I forget who it says, but like a, a story you know, whose time has come cannot be stopped. It really felt like that. And well, the Portland community was really so incredible in supporting us. And, you know, we're just tearing around. I Sometimes I felt like a pirate being like, we need a school. How do you know, how do we find that, you know, oblique coffee shop, they're incredible that where we shot and we did oh, some pre-production work there, just like camped out. And, you know, the family lives above the coffee shop. It, it just felt so human. And to me, that's, you know, really what, what the filmmaking is about, an independent film for sure. Well, is there anything in then making this film, did you learn about grief and dealing with grief that uh, things that you hadn't thought about or, or, or hadn't really been the focus of your own personal journey in this regard or Jessica's journey? Was there something in this process where you feel like this added 
another layer of understanding or yeah, it's interesting. I think because I really was focused on the film and, and the storytelling and thinking of this as a as a film, I I really was like all my energy was in that and creating this space and you know supporting everyone and and really also protecting it when it's so precarious, you know, at every stage, fi- you know, finding more ways to raise more money and 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 the pandemic and like, you know, trying to shepherd it and like almost protect it. Like I felt like it was like a little girl, you know, that I had to like take care of. Um, and I think that's the thing that maybe caught me by surprise is when the releasing of it happened, I think also given the context that we're in globally, feeling so isolated and not being able to like have an embodied experience sharing the film, watching an audience take it in, being with my casting crew. I didn't realize, I think that that might bring up things and it definitely did at the end you know like once the thing is done it could also just be you know after three years of relentlessness just a release you know well also we here in the united states and around the world are dealing with death from a distance for many people around the world millions truly around the world are dealing with a loved one who's in dire condition because of the pandemic, seeing them pass without being able to ex- to experience mm-hmm. that with them um, has given, I think, for a lot of people, a whole, very different kind of perspective and an appreciation for being able to go through a grieving process. Mm. That's maybe part of what, I mean, for me, I mean, I've, uh, you know, it's, I would assume that there are people that are going to feel that way, but right. um, yeah. But you, you mentioned your production team and people that you've brought aboard. But before we do that, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Jesse Barr. She's the director and co-writer, as well as co-producer of the film, Sophie Jones. It is in release. You can watch it now by going to, we can start out by going to Oscilloscope, which, which is the, the distributor. But from there, you can watch it in virtual cinema. There's a number of, I believe, Apple TV, a number of different platforms. Sophie Jones, it's an absolutely terrific film. Your executive producer in the film. Nicole Olive Center, bringing her aboard. How did how did that work for you? How did that all ma- make a difference in in making this film? I'm a, an alumni of the Tribeca Film Festival. My husband and I made a series called Om City together that went to Tribeca, and so you know we went to this talk that was hosted by Tribeca for Tribeca alumni in Los Angeles, and it was Nicole speaking and about her work, and she's you know been a huge inspiration of mine, and I just I so admire her films and her voice and her filmmaking, and you know I really looked up to women doing what I wanted to be doing. So I went, and it was a very small sort of intimate talk, and I never do this, and I you know, it sounds kind of crazy when I say it, but there was something in me that I just was really moved and really propelled to go up to her afterwards. And I also think I had photos of her on my computer and photos of like mentors that sort of were like these invisible mentors that they didn't know they were mentoring me, but you know, like I was sort of dreaming that they were, you know, while I was making this. And then I went up to her and, and I, we started chatting and I just, I mentioned that I had a, a, cut of my first feature and I would love her notes. And I was wondering if I could send it to her. And she very graciously, for whatever reason, I think was open in that moment. And so I sent her the film and and she watched the film and she had some really wonderful notes and feedback. And so we just kind of continued that dialogue and 
And then eventually when we were getting ready to submit it for festivals, I just asked her if I know she'd never done it before, but if she'd be willing to put her arms around the movie, you know, come on as a, as an EP. And she very generously, very graciously said yes, which was just, um, yeah, means the world to me, you know, the huge, huge vote of confidence. And um, I think, again, when you feel really alone for a long time, for someone to do something like that, to sort of see you in that way, it's, it's um, yeah, it means, it means everything. The film again is called Sophie Jones. And there are a couple of production elements that I really thoroughly enjoyed camera work here, Scott Miller's work. It's very up close, very intimate, very kind of a documentary like it has that vibe. You're in a, it just does a lot of wonderful things with the camera to bring you into these scenes and bring you into the kind of the, kind of the internal part of what's going through uh, Sophie's mind and how she's making these decisions and why in some ways. And I just thought his work was wonderful. T talk a little bit about Scott Miller. Yeah, Scott is just, he's incredible. He's, he's, he's like family. We'd, um, we'd worked at, he'd shot my husband's second feature and he'd shot Om City, the series that I had mentioned. And I knew what it was like to be seen by him, to be an actor and to have him look at me. I knew what that felt like. And I knew I could trust him because he, he's, he's like a bodhisattva. He's so sensitive. He's so emotionally intelligent. He really just cares so deeply so when he came on, which I'm so grateful for, he really dove in with me. And also, again, as you know, this being my first film, he was so generous and he was so collaborative and he really listened. And I sent him, you know, a lot of images, a lot of writing and playlists and talked about references. And, and I knew I wanted it to be, you know, handheld and documentary-esque. Part of that was to have it be the immersed in Sophie's point of view. Part of it was also just the movement that I knew that and the breath that I wanted it to have. And part of it was also, again, we were going to have to be moving very quickly and also working with a lot of uh, younger actors that I wanted them to feel free to, to move that not that they had to like hit a mark and, you know, perform an emotional moment at the perfect time. You know, it sort of needed that freedom. And he just gave his heart and soul to this and really you know, immersed himself quite literally. He stayed in the house for a few days and was sending me like images of the light at different times of day. Um, so he really got into Sophie's headspace and really like into his inner teenage girl, you know? And he, I think he, he grew up with sisters and I think all of that plays a, a role, but it really is also just about him as a person. He's so talented and he's so, the, you know, the, the micro adjustments he was making, being with them, and really listening deeply is, it's such a skill, you know, and he yeah. is just extraordinary. Well, and it's all natural light. I, it, or it feels that way watching it. Just yeah, there are like some scenes, so our gaffers, um, Taylor Stump and Patrick Blevins from, uh, they're amazing. And they, there were definitely some things that we had lit, but it needed to always look like it, the parties needed to look like they could be lit by actual teenagers putting up light, you know, like it's, it's so artful and they're yeah. such incredible artists. And then I'd be like, okay, but we have to also make it look like, you know, it actually could be of that world. And some of the dinner scenes were lit, but yeah, a lot of it was, was molding and crafting with natural light. Yeah. And also the sound is, is feels at times a bit raw in terms of just, it just feels like you're in a room where maybe the acoustics aren't great. And that's fine because this is, it adds to the, for me, it adds to the film's authenticity or to the vibe of it. And the other element that just really jumps out at you in the film, Sophie's uh, Sophie Jones, is that the, the soundtrack 
is wonderful. Really great music. And I have to ask the, uh, the song that, uh, that is being sung, I think it's Kevin, right. Who's playing the guitar. Have I, have I got that right? Is that, is that an, is that an original or is that something he. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the music was sort of three elements. I knew I wanted there to be natural atmospheric sounds and then, you know, the needle drops and like sort of the more, um, angsty head banging and a lot of female vocalists and like ragey music, which um, was a collaboration with the Crystal Creative, this um, agency in, in Portland, Ch Tommy and Chad, who were incredible and, and we, you know, us finding music and uh, together, which was really wonderful. And then Nate Heller was my composer, who's just absolutely extraordinary. And, and his, that last song that he, um, his niece actually is the vocalist on King Isis is her name. Yeah. Um, and just the way he worked and, and what we found together, I'm so proud of, of our work together on that. And, and he was so incredible. Um, and with Kevin, yes, played by Skylar Verite. So that song um, he had written outside of the film. It was a song he had written with it of his friend, Josh Schneider. And that was not in the script. It was something that I had found out after rehearsal when I took them all out for dinner, a bunch of the, the actors that were in LA for a reason. I, we were all just here. It was funny. Like, cause they're all from Portland, you know, but okay, some of them were here. And he, I, he was like, oh, by the way, I'm a musician. And I was like, you're just telling me this now. Like, that's crazy. So I knew there was gonna be this like falling in love montage and reconnecting. And I thought that is a perfect place for him to teach her guitar, sing her a song, you know, for them to, to reconnect and have this sort of um, vulnerability in this opening. And I'd never heard him sing. So he could have been horrible, you know, it would have been, and it would have been perfect. You know, if it, it could have, whatever it was, was gonna be the exact thing it needed to be. And as it happens, you know, he has the voice of an angel and he's so talented. It's a great song. Sing that song. And, yeah. and it really was watching, you know, it was really us setting up the circumstances and then being so lucky to be able to capture that live on film in the moment as it was happening and watching, you know, Jessica as Sophie being affected by Skylar as Kevin, you know, in real time. Yeah, it's a beautiful film. Uh, the film, again, is called Sophie Jones and uh it's out you can see it virtual cinema release you can also see it on apple tv i know there's another platform and i'm leaving out it's on all the vod like Is it on all of those okay. xbox and fandango all the things and it's been getting amazing reviews by the way i think it's 100 percent on rotten tomatoes it is getting some uh, incredible acclaim fantastic work you've already an accomplished filmmaker this is your first uh feature length narrative film and i expect that you will be around for a while i hope you'll come back and join us again for your next work it's it's thank really you. remarkable stuff so thank you thank you so thank much you for being so here. much thanks for having me and thanks for supporting the film you're welcome the film again is called sophie jones and we've been talking with the director as well as co-writer and co-producer of the film and that would be jesse barr jesse thank you thank you You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music